Mohammed, domestic politics dominated market focus yesterday and the rand and bond strengthened. Yes, indeed. I mean, obviously, given the, the developments over the weekend and we, we had that NEC spill over into, into yesterday, uh, there was a whole lot of conjecture in the market, certainly looking from one headline to the next headline. Uh, and undoubtedly, that was the key focal point. I mean, we saw that rand trend significantly stronger on every kind of politically orientated headline. We saw it move from levels of around 14 against the U.S. dollar when we spoke yesterday around this time, uh, all the way down uh, to in in fact, overnight around 13.17, the Asian session, uh, giving up some of that ground this morning. But you know, right now, I guess this is in the absence of any uh, substantive news flow. We're all still waiting for S&P at the end of the week. And so the market's really kind of grappling with, you know, what's the political backdrop in South Africa? Does it signal any potential change? Uh, and when I say change, I mean you know, substantive structural reforms to the economy over the longer term that will place us on a much better economic trajectory. That's really what the market's looking out for right now. Uh, if you ask me, I mean, it's run very hard. It's up against the technical resistance level currently, uh, and we'd really need to see whether these kind of gains are sustainable in, in, in the shorter term. Uh, I get the sense that, you know, it, we're going to be uh, latched onto these political headlines uh, for as long as they persist uh, in, the, in the absence of any other event risk. Mohammed, also foreign flows into South African bonds and equity. Now they at their most negative since October of 2008. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, Sakina, this is, is not just South Africa specific. You know, it is very much an emerging market story. Uh, if you have a look at foreign flows last week, they posted another outflow of about two and a half billion. Uh, and this takes your monthly number uh, to the worst number we've had since October 2008 in the wake of the global financial crisis. Uh, it actually takes our, our full year number, our year to date number to just, uh, just shy of eight and a half, um, 81 and a half billion uh, range worth of an outflow. And the majority of that has been from our equity market, but very recently our bond market, which has thus far been a recipient of flow from international investors, has also been losing ground. Uh, as I mentioned, obviously the, the local political backdrop not doing us any favors uh, over the, the last several months, but this is an emerging market story. You've had emerging market funds very much uh, losing funds over the course of the last several weeks. Uh, and I guess the, the key catalyst here remains uncertainty around the global geopolitical backdrop. Remember, it's not just the U.S. election that's caused the stir, but we've also got the Italian referendum around the corner, as well as what's likely going to happen in France uh, and whether that country looks at exiting uh, the EU. So that's all the global geopolitical risk, which I guess has been dominating some of the, the global macro flows into emerging markets. And then, Mohammed, gold remaining on a bearish trend as demand weakens, but near-term support uh, rather likely. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that gold, I mean, it's really come off very, very sharply. If you have a look at it, it peaked close on $1,400 an ounce earlier this year. Uh, and as we speak currently, it's, it's distinctly below the 1200 mark. looks as though it wants to head there. There's a technical level just slightly below where we're sitting right now. And I must stress, gold is looking substantially oversold in, in the near term. This has been on the back of the fact that the U.S. dollar has been quite strong. So I get the sense that even though demand has eased off, you've seen open interest falling very sharply following uh, the U.S. election. I mean, initially in the build-up of that, we saw gold demand spiking on the back of safe haven demand coming through. Uh, but now that everyone seems to be thinking that we're on a 
pro-growth trajectory in the United States, that demand for gold, both physical as well as from investor demand via exchange-traded funds, has fallen very sharply. And that catalyzed this move sharply lower over the course of the last several weeks, from around 1300 all the way down to, as I mentioned, around 1185 there and thereabouts. Um, that's, your technical support comes through slightly lower, as I mentioned. It comes to around 1150, and I would expect that to hold in the near term. I'd expect to be seeing some sort of uh, stability in the gold price, uh, but very much dependent, I guess, on what's your view on the U.S. dollar. Uh, and once that Fed hike comes through, you know, what the market impact is going to be following that. Our longer-term view, unfortunately, does remain slightly more bearish, and that's because we believe the U.S. dollar over the longer term uh, is likely to continue strengthening. Well, Mohammed, we're going to leave it there for this morning. Uh, Mohammed Nala, Head of Strategic Research at NetBank CIB.